An executive assistant can free up your time, allowing you to focus on the areas that add the most value, which is sales. (laughs) The time they free up could be time you're spending on selling people into your program, bringing new clients into the business and qualifying leads to prime them for purchase. When is the right time to hire an executive assistant? And how do you know if you can actually afford one? This is that murky middle that most of us feel when we are hiring a new executive assistant because we want to make sure that we know where we need to be in business before we bring on this new added responsibility to our cash flow and our bottom line. In this video, I'm going to walk you through how I make the decision on when to hire an executive assistant, and you can use this line of thinking to help you make the decision for yourself. The first thing that you want to do is actually evaluate your current capacity. Whatever you are thinking of delegating to your new executive assistant, I want you to ask this question first. Can this be automated with software or technology? Should this be deleted and put into the parking lot? because it's actually not driving revenue or driving growth for the business. And when we can start to identify the things that we were going to delegate, if they could either be automated or they can just be deleted, it helps avoid the complexity of bringing somebody on and discovering it after we've already started making payroll. Oftentimes, we are feeling overwhelmed and are panicking when we look at our to-do list because we're spending too much time on tasks that are irrelevant and non-essential for the business. So how do you gauge this? Like I mentioned in another training video, it is imperative for you to complete a two-week time study. During the two-week period, track your activities and everything that you do in 15-minute increments. On a piece of paper, I recommend, like I mentioned before, using pen and paper for this rather than a digital calendar. And write down everything that you did after the fact. Whatever you were working on, however you spent your time, whatever you spent your time procrastinating on, even when you're just aimlessly scrolling social media because you're just overwhelmed, bored, and you just notice yourself checking out, write that down. I recommend two weeks because probably you aren't doing the exact same thing every single day. And a two-week time period is enough time to capture probably what you're doing on an ongoing basis or what's recurring in your business. Because you might be working during your lunch break or in the hours after you put your kids down to bed or whatever it might be. Every day is probably not the same, but a two-week time period gives you a long enough period to capture everything that you are actually doing. Once you finish your time study, I want you to grab three highlighters. I know you're probably a type A person like me, so you have colored pens and markers and highlighters on standby. I know, I see you. And I want you to evaluate how you actually spent your time. Use a pink highlighter to identify what could be deleted or things that you can stop doing. Use a yellow highlighter to identify things that would be fairly easy for you to hand off or delegate to someone else. I want you to use the green highlighter to identify things that literally nobody else can do except for you. This two-week time study in this task list is going to become the baseline for how you write your job description. But this will also ensure that you are crystal clear on if you actually need to hire anybody, what type of skill sets you need to be vetting for, and how much time tasks will take which will help influence what your budget is and how much you end up paying this individual. 
Now that we've evaluated your current capacity, the next thing that we need to look at is determining the actual workload. The beautiful thing about hiring remote team members is that you can hire for your needs rather than defaulting to full-time employment. Now that you're clear on what your executive assistant will actually be doing, determine how much time you need to successfully delegate what's currently on your plate. For the sake of this video, we're going to assume that you're hiring a 1099 contractor rather than a full-time employee. Hiring a full-time employee is a whole nother dynamic when you're bringing on that type of team member because there's legal implications, HR compliance, and there's just more complexity with that. But for the sake of this video, and probably for the sake of the season of business that you're in, a contracted 1099 freelancer type of executive assistant will probably serve your needs for where you're at. You're going to hire your executive assistant on one of three bases, either hourly, retainer, or project-based. And I want to break down the difference between those three. An hourly executive assistant is typically paid on based on the number of hours that they have actually worked. This could be a good option for you if you have a fluctuating workload or if you need an executive assistant for a specific project or a specific period of time. Hourly rates can vary wildly depending on the experience and skills of the assistant that you hire, but a typical range is somewhere between $20 and $75 an hour. A good rule of thumb is that if you want your assistant to just follow a process that already exists, you're probably going to pay a little bit lower. If you want to hire an executive assistant who can also create processes and really step into strategic decision-making around the things that they are doing, you're probably going to pay them a little bit more. The same is true for time of experience, mental load that they're able to take off of your plate and how long that they have been in the game. The more experience, the more years of direct experience, the more you know savvy and sophisticated your assistant is, the more that they're going to charge, the more beginner, rookie, newer to the world that your EA is, probably the less that they're going to charge. So there's a wide range. But also I like to take into consideration from a business to business perspective is that when you are hiring an hourly contractor, especially an executive assistant, whatever their hourly rate is, they're also baking in their taxes and their business expenses. So even though you might be looking at, oh my gosh, this person is charging $50 an hour, you have to think that 10 to 15% of that is going to their business expenses more than likely, and another 15 to 20% is going to taxes. So I like to take that into consideration because I know when I first started hiring, I was like sticker shocked by how much people were charging on an hourly rate. And just where inflation is, where the economy is, listen, you can go work at Chick-fil-A and get paid $18 an hour. If you want an executive assistant that has skill sets beyond what the my pleasure they offer in the drive-through line, your EA is probably going to be comparable or more than that. The second way that you might hire an executive assistant is on a monthly retainer. A retainer-based executive assistant is typically paid a fixed amount each month or on a quarterly basis, regardless of the number of hours that they worked. This compensation model is more predictable and can be a good option if you need consistent support from an executive assistant. Retainer rates also vary depending on the experience and the skills of the assistant, but they typically range between $2,000 and $5,000 a month from what I've seen. That's a normal range that I've seen in the online space. And that will be for roughly 10 to 20 hours per week of work. The main difference between these two types of compensation models is the predictability of costs. Hourly rates can vary depending on the number of hours that your executive assistant worked, while retainer-based models provide a fixed cost each month. Additionally, retainer-based assistants may be more committed to the success 
of your business since they have an ongoing working relationship with you. However, hourly-based assistants can be a good option if you have a more flexible workload or just a specific project that you need support with that just requires a limited amount of time. Ultimately, the choice between hourly or retainer will depend on your business needs, your budget, and your ongoing cash flow. The third is a project-based assistant. And these types of assistants are hired specifically to work on a particular project or task for a defined period of time. There's a clear start and a clear end date. Unlike hourly or retainer executive assistants, project-based assistants are hired for a specific scope of work and are paid a fixed fee for that project rather than an hourly rate or a monthly retainer in most cases. Project-based executive assistants can be a really good option if you have a one-time or a short-term project that requires a specialized skill set or experience. For example, if you need an executive assistant to help with event planning, a project-based assistant with experience in event planning can be hired to work on the project from start to finish. They could research hotel venues and work with the catering department to pick the food menu. They can work with the AV team to identify your needs and do all of that from start to finish. There's a clear start and a clear end date. When hiring a project-based executive assistant, it's important to clearly define the scope of work and the role that you are expecting for them to step in and support you with. This will help ensure that both parties have a very clear understanding of expectations and deliverables. It's also important to ensure that the assistant has the necessary skills and experience to complete the project successfully. Overall, project-based executive assistants can be a really good option if you have a specific project or task in mind that has a specific start and end date. And the compensation model provides a fixed fee for the project so that you know what to expect, you can budget for it, and so can they, making it easier to budget and manage costs. One thing that I want to say about all three of these models is that when you are hiring your executive assistant, I invite you to shift your approach on how you look at the expense. An executive assistant shouldn't just be a bleeding cost on your balance sheet, but rather the task that your assistant is doing should open up free time for you to use that same time to go generate new business and convert new clients. That's where you get your return on investment with your executive assistant because you get out of the weeds of doing the administrative tasks that could be delegated at a lower cost per hour than what it costs for you to do it, because you could be using that same time to bring in new business while you're paying somebody else a smaller rate than what you are earning with the time that you now have to take these things off your plate and still get the job done. The third thing that I want you to take into mind is the cost of your time and not having an executive assistant. Consider the value of your time and how much it currently costs. If you're spending too much time on administrative tasks, you're not able to focus on revenue generating activities or other important aspects of your business. An executive assistant can free up your time, allowing you to focus on the areas that add the most value, which is sales. (laughs) The time they free up could be time you're spending on selling people into your program, bringing new clients into the business and qualifying leads to prime them for purchase. The cost of not having an assistant, let's take that into consideration here for a moment. I want you to consider the cost of not having support on your team. If you're constantly feeling overwhelmed, you may be sacrificing the quality of your work or missing out on new opportunities where there is revenue that could be generated. An executive assistant can help you stay organized, manage your schedule, and handle administrative tasks that you can be more productive and more focused. 
The last thing that you need to do before hiring an executive assistant and really determining if now is the right time, if you're in the right season, or if you have the cash flow for it, is to decide on your budget. Before you start looking for an executive assistant, you need to determine how much you're willing to spend. You should have a clear understanding of how much you can afford for your executive assistant, and more importantly, how you're going to use the time that gets freed up to generate new business. This will help you determine the type of assistant to hire and the number of hours that you actually need them to work. If you're anything like me, I suck at creating budgets, <laughs> but I use the profit first method that has helped me tons with giving me quick visibility on my business cash flow so that I can make decisions on how I grow, where I invest in the moment. I use the profit first method to help me make purchasing decisions for my business based on the amount of money I have allocated for operating expenses. This information will help you really determine a budget that can move you towards paying for your new executive assistant. If you're not super familiar with the Profit First Method, I highly recommend that you either go and read the book or listen to the podcast episode that I did with Mike Michalowicz on the Jerisha Said podcast. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. But you can follow a similar process manually. What you're going to need to do to kind of do this manually is open up your business bank account and open up a Google spreadsheet. When you look at your cash flow over the last three to six months, I want you to see on average, how much are you making revenue-wise, top-line revenue every single month? Then I want you to take that number and deduct what you need to set aside for taxes and what you need to set aside to pay yourself. Now that we have revenue, we've deducted money that we're putting aside for taxes and we've deducted how much you're paying yourself, what you have left over is your operating expense. You can look at this one of two ways. How much money is available for me to hire or how much money do I need to go make to afford the hire? If you don't have the money in the bank after setting aside money for taxes and also paying yourself to have a little bit of extra wriggle room for operating expenses outside of the software that you're paying for, the coaching that you're paying for, and there's money left over or there's money allocated for additional hiring, it might be better to focus on honing your skill set around selling instead of getting an executive assistant in the moment in time. Investing in your selling abilities can be smarter as it can directly impact your bottom line. See, if you're struggling with selling, having an executive assistant to free up more time on your calendar might not help as much because when you get all that extra free time, you'll still be missing the actual skill set that you need to best utilize that time to get the best return on investment from the EA that you've now hired. That's why I truly do believe it's important to invest in your selling skills before investing in a new assistant. Now, the caveat might be you might need to spend some money on at-home assistance, hiring a housekeeper to help clean your house, getting a nanny or a babysitter to watch your kids, freeing up some time at home with personal responsibilities if that's holding you back from actually growing your business might be really important. Before you hire an assistant, you need to make sure that you actually are bringing money in the door. There needs to be consistent cash flow. You need to have the skill set of sales to continuously drive revenue for the business because your new executive assistant is going to be freeing up time on your calendar to have more time to do that. So just to recap, how do you know when it's the right time to hire an executive assistant and how do you know if you can actually afford one boils down to these few things, evaluating your current capacity, determining your workload, understanding the cost of your time and what it means to not have any assistant and really deciding on your budget, paying attention to your cash flow, knowing what your needs are and prioritizing from there. 